I'll say. So three, two, one. Welcome to Speakeasy. <laughs> you can do it happier than that. <laughs> That's how I, f- on Speakeasy, I just want to talk the way I really talk, which I, is not. Which is disengaged and sad. I'm not unhappy. That's like what people sound like. Welcome to Speakeasy as opposed to, <laughs> welcome to Speakeasy. <laughs> if you want, if you want jovial openings, how about we get Kai Rizdal in here? Anyway, here we are. At Speakeasy number, what is it? Is it four? I think it's four. I don't know. Spe- I don't want to have numbers. <laughs> it is it's just it's, casual conversation. It's a less than a half a dozen Speakeasy. This is a little extra podcast that we put out every now and again. We speak off the cuff and maybe drop an F-bomb or two, so warning to parents. We kind of play stuff that didn't appear on a regular podcast or radio show. And first up, we're going to hear a, a little tidbit from our interview with Doctor Who himself, Peter Capaldi, the actor. Do you think we should tell people before or after they hear the clip about the real tragedy of the Capaldi interview, which was a fun interview? It was a very fun interview. I don't know what you're talking about. So why don't we save it until afterwards and you can okay. tell me what you okay. felt was tragic about our wonderful interview All right. with the very witty Scott. All right. So to set this up, though, as usual, we ask him, as we ask all our guests, what they had for breakfast so we can get the recording levels. Right. And uh, he was saying basically that he was kind of on a diet because he was in town to address the San Diego Comic-Con and then had to go straight back to taping Doctor Who. He was in the middle of Doctor Who's season, yeah. That's right. So here we go. It's really cruel because all I want to do is eat pancakes and bacon (laughs) and waffles. You're afraid you'll bulk up up too fat? You're a skinny guy. No, no, because I'm picking up exactly where we left off. All right. So continue. I can't be fat. Doctor Who. <laughs> I can't what imagine. What are you talking about? You're just regenerate. Yeah, yeah exactly. I know. Well, Stephen, uh, who runs the show, said we could do a scene where the Doctor's locked in a dungeon with uh, just the only way out is to eat all these pies, <laughs> all these alien pies that he has to eat. First of all, Fat Doctor Who sounds like a brilliant spinoff. That's true. How, how would that not be successful, Fat Doctor Who? It would, a sitcom, perhaps. Anyway... Here's the problem with that interview. I can't believe you forgot. You know, we love Peter Capaldi in Doctor Who. We love, love Peter Capaldi in In the Loop. Oh, yeah. The, the movie, of the farce about the British government where he plays the most profane, David Mamet-level profane PR guy for the Prime Minister of England. His character basically and, curses in a way that almost comes out like poetry. Yeah. Maybe maybe while we're throwing this together, we can drop in a clip of that right here. But you the likes! Have you been forgotten? Who's that? Get me fucking Brian! If you don't get me fucking Brian, I'm going to come over there. I'm going to lock you in a fucking flotation tank and pump it full of sewage until you fucking drown. Um, Anyway, we weren't allowed to ask him about that because... Yeah, when he's sort of on the Doctor Who press junket, he's not allowed to be cursing Peter Capaldi. He has to be G-rated Doctor Who. He can't be Doctor fucking Who. (laughs) Which is how he introduces himself after three drinks at a bar. Excuse me? I'm Doctor fucking Who. (laughs) All right. Uh, we have another clip. Yes. And why don't you set this up? This is a, you actually, this is a, a behind the scenes look at an interview that we haven't even aired on our regular show yet. That's right. Uh, Mary Louise Parker, the actor who uh, is most famous for being in Weeds. She won a Tony for being in Proof, the play. Mm. She was in Angels in America, the Tony Kushner thing. Um, the Tony Kushner thing. She wrote thing. a new book. <laughs> That's how we refer to it. This is the Tony Kushner thing, you know. You know. The epic Pulitzer winning. I'd call him, I'd call him the Kush, but... People might get the wrong idea. <laughs> and she has a new book out coming out called Dear Mr. You, in which she writes letters to all these different men in her life. It's mm. kind of interesting. So she came in, and this is not everything goes right when we bring these famous people here. Uh, I didn't even have a chance to ask her what she had for breakfast because we started experiencing technical difficulties. Here's the tape. Check, check. It's where my 
So now can you talk again? I can talk again. Eleanor Rigby. I don't know what is happening here. Picking Picks up, up the rice. No. It's weird. Like, you're not picking up. Let me go see if I can have my engineer Is here. Is there some sort of electrical problem? Because I have a force field issue. It could be. It's kind of, you know, with that Woody Allen movie where Robin Williams is blurry? He's like, I'm blurry. I like, have a force field issue. Here. You can ask my friend. I ha- I'm like, I break electronics. <laughs> Is that true? Had she broken the, the electronics? Uh, what was the solution? Well, it turned out there was some something with our mixing board. So it's kind of actually confusing now that I'm listening to it with you right now, Rico, because people can hear Mary Louise Parker. But that is from our backup tape, the actual tape that I was supposed to be getting from her. She wasn't appearing. Like, there wasn't a sound wow. wave coming from her side of the room. She's a vampire. Um, that, that, yeah, I was going to explain that it was the ISDN input, output, but basically you're right. She's a vampire. <laughs> that was the real answer. That's the technical term. But I will say it was a little bit confusing, a little bit embarrassing. I mean, stuff like this happens all the time. But it was still, you're just trying to have an interview about this book that you spent all night reading. Which is called what again? It's called Dear Mr. You. I like that. And so then we finally got things running. And uh, I had to transition to the interview. All right. And here's Brendan trying to do that. Um, the best part is now I have to talk about the, the book, no, which I totally forget about now because we've just been trying to figure out technical difficulties. You can, you're and... going to talk about it later, though, you said. Well, we're going to talk about the book now, and then you're going to read from it later. Oh, but are we recording now? We're, we are recording now. We're going to record our interview. Is there? Has it started? No. Because as soon as it's going to start, I'm going to get really stiff oh, I know. and like really I get boring. It. You're going to pro- pull out yes. your publicist talking points? <laughs> well, yeah. I would I have a different with... life if I'd learned how to do that. Your life's been okay. So Yeah. I mean, okay. yes and no. Okay. We can do this. Where are we? Is it happening now? Yeah. But it's okay. I'm going to no, edit it down. For real, tell me when it's actually It's happening. beginning. The interview's beginning. We're, it's already. We're and then we're gonna, I'm going to edit it down. So how's it on the radio show? I'm going to introduce like, and this week one of our guests oh, is Mary Louise Parker. Parker. She's you know, you know her from da da da. She's got this. I actually wrote our guest. I've wrote awards, Angels in America. Like you and can then, make some up. Too. And then I'm going to say when I met with her, yeah, I started by saying, "Dear Mary Louise Parker." You didn't though. <laughs> it would make you a liar. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. So next week when you hear Brendan introduce his interview with Mary Louise <laughs> Parker by saying, "And I started by saying, dear Mary Louise Parker." You'll know. <laughs> it was a lie. She was right. She was technically correct, but I, I feel bad. We just tipped our hand. Mary Louise and I are starting an Abbott and Costello podcast <laughs> where we just kind of talk over each other. And it is so hard. What I think that is, illustrates to me is how difficult it is to describe to somebody how a radio show is put together. I, I mm. honestly think that most people that listen to public radio think there's maybe one studio in D.C. or New York City where every public radio show happens. It's all going on live. Out in the lobby, there's just this endless parade of celebrities and politicians that just come one by one into yeah. the studio. Yes. And at you know underwriting breaks, we swap in new hosts. And that's how radio works. And in fact, there's a lot of editing and magic involved. And Mary Louise Parker didn't quite understand it. And I don't blame her. I know. Well, I, if they listen to this podcast, they're going to understand that we fumble a lot and that we yes. don't always speak perfectly. <laughs> but she was great. And so stick around. In a couple weeks, she will be on our show That's sharing right. from that book and that conversation. And you won't hear any of that. You won't hear any of it. I'll be cut out and it'll seem like we know what the hell we're doing. Here is something I would like to present from my interview mm-hmm. with Adrian Tomina. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I learned from interviewing Adrian Tomina is that that is how his name is pronounced. And we had a little conversation before we started the interview proper. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. We got to tell people who Andrew, and Adrian. we have to tell people who Adrian Tamina 
is. You can't even pronounce his first name. I know. Well, I didn't do the interview, so I didn't have to practice. <laughs> That's true. Um, uh, is... But listen, but I think it's important because he's pretty incredible. You've probably seen his art. He does a lot of the covers for The New Yorker, modern kind of uh, snapshots of like the modern condition. That's true. Very uh, kind of melancholy stories. He's a graphic novelist is his main trade, stock and trade. He does a wonderful, yes. wonderful comic book and has from decades now, I think, called Optic Nerve. That's one of my favorite comic books ever. So it was actually a real joy to meet him. And the very first thing I did, actually, was ask how his name, which is spelled T-O-M-I-N-E, is pronounced. It's uh, Tomina, but Tomina. Um, it's not a sticking point. Usually uh, I'll tell people how I say it right before we go on air or I go on stage and then they, they say it up. wrong anyway. So who cares? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I have a silent G in my name. So Do you? Say it. Yes. Although the thing that's interesting, I have a co-host, Brendan Newnham, right? Okay. Which you would think is a pretty easy name. But the problem is Newnham sounds like a trick. They think that right. they that's a typo and that it's Newman. So they oh, always yeah, yeah. get his incredibly Anglo name wrong, right? <laughs> and they right. get mine well, I, right because they study up on it before they talk about my name. I got, I got, I got screwed because uh, some magazine, I think it was either the Believer or McSweeney's, published a thing where they were going to do like the definitive pronunciation guide to people's with people with weird last names, and they authoritatively taught people the wrong pronunciation <laughs> of my name, and it's in print forever now. That is, and amazing. no one contacted me about it. I just. I was actually at a bookstore looking through it, and I was like, huh, I wonder, should I be so bold to look up my own? There it is. Oh, they did it wrong. <laughs> and yeah. and how hard would it have been for them to just, just call me yeah. and say, can we consult on this before we Yeah, maybe we should the call the actual human that we're talking about. Yes, this person that we've employed many times in the past. Maybe we could just send him an email or something. I just love that story. He draws from McSweeney's, and they reward him by publishing a mispronunciation of his name. The amazing part to me is I didn't know it was pronounced McSweeney's. I thought it was... <laughs> McSweeney's? McSweeney's, yeah. <laughs> McSweeney's. All these years. It's true. By the way, I do want to say that I, when I got around to recording the actual interview, and I did a little introduction, my guest is Adrian... And I mispronounced it. Yeah. Just like he said I would. Of course. It's, it's impossible. It doesn't look like Tomina. That's ridiculous. And, and in case you're wondering how we divide up interviews, we look at the calendar and it's like Mary Louise Parker. Well, Brendan can't pronounce things, so let's give him her because he can't mess that one up. And then Rico is usually better with the pronunciation. So except, you got that guy. Except for Tomina. Um, it was a pretty good interview. So, so far we've had Doctor Who. And then we had Mary Louise Parker. And then we had comic books. Is there something that can unnerd this episode of Speakeasy? How about some horror rock? There you go. I set it up and you spiked it. This is Alice Cooper, which uh, if you haven't listened to our interview and etiquette question and answer period with Alice Cooper, go back and find that episode and listen to it immediately. What an amazing life yeah. and swell guy. He has known everyone. We were just talking about this before the show. He hung out with Groucho Marx. Hung out with Groucho Marx. He bought a bed... From Groucho Marx and sent it to Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's the kind of life Alice is leading. (laughs) Right before taping with him when we were waiting for Brendan to get to the studio, uh, he and I were having a little bit of a conversation. And just in case he hasn't done enough with his life, it turns out that he had one other thing under his sleeve. So let's roll the tape. I am in the Knife Throwers Hall of Fame. First of all, there's a Knife Throwers Hall of Fame. I guess there would be. and I'm in it. Yeah. I, I actually am one of the best knife throwers in America. I can put like 30 knives within the size of a grapefruit. Where, in uh, really? being a restaurateur, a golfer, and rocker, did you find the time to learn to be a knife I am a, I, I found that I'm a ninja, yeah. 
Um, no, when I get ready for a show, I used to throw darts, and then I picked up a, a throwing knife, and I, I was more accurate with the knives than I was with the uh, darts. So I guess yeah. that does make sense. In a way, I guess like knife throwing is maybe darts was kind of like a more civilized extension of knife throwing. Maybe. Yeah, knife throwing though is much more glamorous. I mean, it's you know it's certainly. <laughs> Sounds better. It definitely is. <laughs> the best would be if you threw a dart and then threw a knife and split the dart uh, in half. I have literally thrown an ice pick and stuck it in the thing and then threw the next ice pick into the back of the, <laughs> that ice pick and on stage. Really? On stage. Did you? Yeah. On purpose? So the audience you, saw it. Well, it was, I mean, I was trying to get it closed. I didn't, you know, you don't ever really think it's going to stick in the back, but I was, for, I was Errol Flynn there for two minutes. What can, can we discuss for a second, what do we think Alice Cooper can't do? Is there anything? Well, the weird part, yeah, the weird part is he was roommates with Earl Flynn, <laughs> which he doesn't tell you that part. <laughs> no. He's he's one of my favorite types of guests. You know, you read up on someone like Alice Cooper, you find out, oh yeah, he's had a storied life, but you don't even know the beginning of it. I mean, his his stories rival Dick Cavett's, and it was like Olivia Wilde who came in the other week. The 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 actor turns out her fa- her family are very much part of the Washington establishment. The writers and sure. just hanging out with uh, Mick Jagger, et cetera. I love those guests. Yeah, hey, um, but but now that we. We have this job as the host of this mm. show. Ten years down the line, we'll be able to tell those stories about the time we uh, were hanging out with Alice Cooper and he well, was telling us about Errol Flynn. Well, it gets meta. We, we name drop the name dropper. <laughs> I don't know what that makes us. But... All right. Before we fall into a wormhole. <laughs> That's right. How about we end Speakeasy now and put the music right here? Yeah.